I've watched Arcane. Listen, okay, let's just, let's begin from the beginning, right? And here's the beginning. The beginning is I'm so excited. I didn't even greet. How are you? How's your day going? Are you, are you good? Are you okay? How's your week going? How's your month? Hmm? I hope this brings comfort. I really, really do, right? I'm, I want to be more mindful, right? I'm so excited for this. I'm, I'm already ready to talk about it, but I have to make sure you're good, right? Did you get a snack? Did you grab a drink? Are you cleaning right now? You know, maybe you're sitting down with some dinner. I don't know, right? Before this whole chaotic energy come through, chaotic, comforting, calm. So if you find yourself bored and you don't have anything to watch, please watch Arcane. It's incredible. I've watched Arcane for about three times. My third time, it's about to be in French because I cannot praise the show enough, right? French dub on Netflix is just incredible, okay? them They put their leg, okay? They put their leg in that French dub. All right, I don't know. I don't know what happened to sometimes... The English dubbing, but French dub, it never misses. It never misses. But Arcane's English dub is just incredible. The emotion, the just everything, everything, right? I cannot say good enough things for this show. I don't think I have enough vocabulary, vernacular, that I can use in the English language for me to describe how well done, how well thought out this show is. Oh, my goodness it's just it's incredible i cannot love this show enough i enjoyed every moment over and over and over again my baby nerd me from being so like like my inner nerdy baby self right that would stay up late to watch justice league unlimited and teen titans like i was living for this i i loved every moment of it it was just it's so perfect it's so it's so well done it's so all the threads, all the ribbon is just tied up so well done. Everything about it is breathtaking from the artwork to the characters to the just the story. Oh, just, that's why we're here, right? Storytelling. That's, that's part of the basis of what I want to create and do here. So we got to talk about great stories. And I believe that for my podcast the first show or piece of media that i'm excited to talk about because one it's relatively recent we can go into the past and we can talk about past media and pieces and how incredibly done they are and storytelling but today i find it a little bit more rare to come by finding something that's just so well wrapped up with characters that are so fleshed out and have their own story and their own motives and Everything isn't so black and white and it's not just good versus evil and then everyone's an enemy to somebody and everyone's a villain in someone's story and it's just, it's so well done. And the characters you find yourself resonating with says so much about you. Even the characters you found yourself repelled by says so much about you. It's just, I'm trying to just, and I'm talking recent media. So. The context of this podcast would help greatly if you watch the show for yourself. Go watch it and then come back. There are spoilers up ahead. So many themes, so many different plots to discuss. This most likely won't be my only conversation about Arcane. I 
fingers crossed hope in the future i will return with like more themes and things i would like to dissect and discuss and frolic around in but this definitely will not be my only podcast episode surrounding media there are many movies that i love that are hold dear to me many shows many things i would want to discuss and talk about anyways and just how meaningful they are to our greater fabric of a culture and a society so get ready for all the old movies arcane right let's talk about it the craftsmanship of an impeccable story and characters now time and time again there's nothing i'll say more than the importance of characters being fleshed out the importance of stories being fleshed out if you got a character that's likable or lovable or you maybe even could hate them but you have these characteristics in them that you could see the potential of being developed, right? If there's a development, there's an arc, there's a great arching story, the hero's journey, the hero's tale, something we can take to go with them, to come sit with them and understand them and and grow closer to them and see ourselves in them, right? Because we're just these beings that just mirror off each other and project off of each other. There's nothing more than I love than incredible stories. They leave room for interpretation and they offer so much to the viewer. They're rewatchable and every time there'll be an extra kernel of value. You didn't know that you needed. As a writer myself, I found myself completely submerged into the story and the world. The characters are so well done. There are no good guys or bad guys. I mean, yes, but no, which would mirror us in our own human experience right? We would say, oh, I'm the good guy in my narrative and everything I do is always right and I'm, you know, everybody else is always in the wrong or perhaps, you know, there's always the flip too where you do have those people that are like, oh, you know, I'm the villain and I'm the bad guy and I know, you know, and it's just like Arcane makes it so nuanced where it's like there are good guys and bad guys and then there's none at all. It's, it's just gray. And it's similar to life in that way. We all have our own goals, ambitions, desires, and needs. How we go about them can either make us a hero in some narratives and the villain in others. But this overall murky, gray ocean. The separation, I suppose, would be the intention. For instance, a contrast between Vander and Silco. In one aspect, laying low and staying under the radar out of love, out of safety and perhaps a bit of fear. If we stand up and if we fight back, they'll send destruction again. They'll send their army again. They will also fight back if we fight for our sovereignty, if we fight for our rights, if we speak up against the structure. But I can't stomach the cost of that it's just now we've reached a point in time in history where everything is somewhat peaceful not perfect but at least there is a system here we have our own system we have our own structure and although it is underneath this other overarching structure that is full of its own corruption and greed and vie for power and money and resources at least our structure, it operates the best that it can down here. It's not much, but it's ours and it's what we have, right? So we got Vander doing that in the corner and his 
ideology basically being like i can't see my people go down like that again whereas the other claims if we do fight back and start over we make them bleed we make it hurt we start a revolution we hit first and we hit hard we'll get our respect and vengeance we can save more of us in the future if we revolt now sacrifice for the greater good i have nothing to lose you know we they've done it before you think that they won't come in and do it again regardless spilled blood for ultimate liberation that's silco right it's it's kind of extreme it's kind of out there it's it's doing its own thing you know which one is more right and i'm sure the answer would come depending on who the individual is right you could easily see vander you know pacifism why would we be violent you know we just came to a point now in history everything's peaceful yeah you know there's a structure above that has all of the money resources and power but this structure down here it's ours it belongs to us you know and it's not perfect but it's ours and it's home and it's it's the undercity it's a little grimy and it's a little messed up and there's crime everywhere and you know there's disease running through our streets and but it's ours and we still have families and we still have homes and people getting by and it may be through crime but it's our home it's it's the silco on the other hand is like yo we could have so much more. We could be so much more, right? So there's that other perspective, okay? But we've watched this system that is, you know, propped up on the surface and they do have the resources and the money and the power and they are completely ignoring us down here. And every time something doesn't go right up there, they come over here and they give us hell for it. And I'm sick of that. I'm sick of it because there's no respect, right? So go like, I need that respect on the table. And depending, like I said, depending on the individual, the pacifist or the one that's gonna you know revolt and fight for their freedom and i love the way they play on that as the show progresses you know what i'm saying like if you know if you know you know right we'll get there which is more right the pacifist or revolutionist you know there's no such thing as a revolution without blood for the one exception the revolution of the mind a non-televised revolution but a discussion for another time of course the two sides of the same coin though Right? There's no coin without each side. And these are not the only two characters, the only two foils that do this dance, that have this waltz with each other. Whether it's opposing views or the foil to one another, everyone complements each other in one way or another. Everyone is either a villain or a hero to another or just not even this neutral ground, but you know, a mirror, really. Aside from these two incredibly written characters, there is just such a great catalog. It's how we craft a story from the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's how we showcase real consequences to our actions, and Arcane has real consequences in a story. I am so sick and tired of watching stories with sci-fi characters and characters that are in a world where there's either technology or superpowers or and there's no limitation there's no consequences to the actions right or you know if it's like become franchised then 
as we're going through each movie or film or episode, you're seeing that, well, what happened to the consequences of what X character did when they did this and they fought that? And, you know, what are happening to these consequences? Are they able to rebuild back just as fast? I'm like, I know, I know the government's, you know what I'm saying? They slow. They don't even be moving during natural disasters. So I couldn't imagine how long it would take to rebuild like a, a city, right? If an alien invasion happened and because, you know, the scientists opened up the portal and the heroes had to come in and, you know, I know that's not going to take overnight for that to be built back up or there's not going to be consequences to that. You know, where's the process? And this just arcane just ties up everything so well. Like they don't let go of things. They went to the surface, right? And I'm talking about the other catalog of characters. So we have Vi, we have the sister Powder, and we also have um, the two, I'm forgetting their names and not on purpose, you know what I'm saying? But I'm forgetting them because of their unfortunate fate. But they went to the surface, they stole some stuff, they lost the stuff and the top side, right? Top side completely, they wouldn't let it go. Could we imagine, like, let's take this in history, right? How many times have there been groups of people that have stood up for something, that have gone after something, right? Whether that was a revolution, a form of dissent, taking something back that was once stolen or, you know, revolted over something or whatever. And to this day, they're still paying the price. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Do you see why good stories are important? Because now we're, now we can start turning the cogs about the real conversation and the real thing. And Arcane was like, we're not going to let you forget that they went to Topside to go steal something to make a coin in the Undercity to trade something in for some dollars because everyone's going hungry because it's a hustle for survival. And Topside won't let us lie. You took something that's ours. How dare you? How dare you step out of line? How dare you speak up for yourself? How dare you come up here and steal something that doesn't belong to you? Consequences. In all aspects, even if it was a moment of emotional distraught, there are some things that can never be taken back and they have the potency of changing someone's life forever. Right? One thing in the show, oh, I love it, the cause and effect was so well done. One thing after another, one thing after another, and it just started to unravel and come undone. I'm sure it's not the most fun thing to think about that we might end up in someone's therapy session or podcast episode, but it happens. It's a thing, right? It Once again, it's, it's not so black and white. It's this gray ocean. And when we're looking at Vi and Powder's relationship, we see this aspect come to life. But without these interactions, without the rug being pulled from under us, who do we become? Do we rise or crumble? Well, Arcane shows us a little bit of all of it. All the mangled mess that death can cause and the beauty that can arise from it. The alchemy turns us into something new. I wanna talk about a lot of things. I wanna talk about the healthy representation of men and women. I wanna talk about this resilience. I wanna talk about the ability to change from thinking one way to changing our mind and readjusting our 
viewpoints around that. There's so much to talk about and touch and play with. And while I don't think this one episode can give all of it the loving affection that each topic deserves. So let's talk about the one that surfaced to my mind the most. I want to talk a little bit about death and rebirth. Wow, Lonnie, like you ready, right? You ready to jump into um, dying? Yeah, right. Dying and, you know, rebirthing, right? It happens all the time. It, it occurs so often we don't even think about it, right? You weren't the, you're not the same person you were five years ago, Right? See, there's just, you know, as cool as it is to consume media, media also has this strange way of um, exacerbating (laughs) a lot of things that don't really, or just exacerbating things that just, it's not really that way, right? Maybe that shouldn't be the lens or the perspective that we're looking at it from. But then again, I could also say that if you knew me from when I was very, very young, uh, my earliest stages of childhood, death was an embrace away. So it is, you know, that's the homie right there, right? Um, (laughs) This year alone has been an ego death for me. A lot of things have essentially died in my life, my old self included. And so to my surprise, Arcane gave me the gift of watching this journey of death and rebirth in animation and beautifully so in this incredible form and format every character died by the end of the show and that is something that unless you're aware of this constant death and rebirth that we experience as human beings you probably didn't even take note of that right which you know why we all bring a little bit to the table But I mean this, each character died by the end of the show and the way that it was all different. Whether for some it was their ideologies, their memory, the mental, the ego relationships, and even some had physically died. But soon after death comes life. A death and a transition and then new life. It happens more often than we think it does. There's always life after death and after death there is life. The great exchange of energy. It's divine alchemy. It's beautiful. It's uh, muy hermosa, right? Let's begin with the most obvious powder into Jinx and Silco carefully being the father of death, guiding her along. Jinx had many different deaths throughout the series. A lot of characters did, but in Jinx's case, it was the big two. That night when her first father figure died and then when her second father figure died. They were not meant to be by her side until old age. They were meant to help her transition from powder to jinx and then jinx becoming into her full transformation. The crows that had flanked her seat, the look in her eyes, the exhaustion, yet strength hanging off every step forward to pull the final trigger, all of it. It was all culminating to that point. Every person brought a hammer to the carving of Jinx. No one is exempt. Not even herself. In that same light that we are not exempt from the carving of each other, It's this cycle. Some are not meant to be around for a lifetime, but only to love us enough to get us to the next chapter, the next room. And love can be swapped out with 
all kinds of other feelings, right? All kinds of other emotions. It could be envy, spite, jealousy, hatred even. It's all an orchestra with the loud crescendos and all the beautiful moments of the in-between. Jinx is an alchemization of everyone and everything that has ever touched her. This is evident for every character, hence the real relatability. Powder needed to die. The wounded child had to be laid to rest so that Jinx could be born anew. The doubts and fears instilled in her by Milo. There's the name. See, now it's clicking because I'm on a roll, right? I'm on, you feel it. You feel it. You feel the vibes with me, okay? Milo, right? The one that kept bullying her. The one that kept projecting because from his own wounds, he didn't feel like he was enough. So he kept projecting that on Jinx. And all of that, added all of that was hammering into her the love given to her by xander from the moment he found jinx and her sister vi the inherent need to overcompensate because of her inventions right because her inventions couldn't come through when she needed them the most the belief that vi instilled in her about togetherness and then abandoning her during her moment of grief because they were now orphaned again and all of these wounds and beliefs coming from the outside needed to be reconstructed Suko said jinx you are perfect but there's no doubt that i'm sure we can recall to a point in time in our existence where we've had fear and doubt projected at us None of us walk out of this life unscathed. And so Soko's continuous reinforcement to remind Jinx that she's not a liability, she's not broken, she's not unworthy, that she's perfect. Jinx is perfect. I came back with my journal. Okay, you thought it was a game. It's not. It never is. This is real. Okay, so let's, and I quote from the great Soko. That day, I let a weak man die, and another was reborn. Betrayal, that pain that feels like it'll eat you from the inside out, can either break you or forge you into something greater. You need to let powder die, so the fear of pain will no longer control you. You're strong now, just like you always were meant to be. Jinx is perfect. Now... Let's talk about the death between Powder and Vi. That relationship dying. You know, when we experience alchemy, whether that being in a relationship where it's stagnation central or a friendship or a family member, you have to remember that you are no longer the same, but something different, a bit stronger, a bit more wise. A lot of change has happened. Well, now you have these other relationships. What if they don't want you to change? And so that's how we encounter Powder and Vi. Well, excuse me, Jinx and Vi. I love Vi. I have a lot of love for her. I remember cringing so hard when she left her sister in that spot. And I remember screaming no. <laughs> I remember feeling agony for when she wanted to go back for her sister and knowing that it was too late. On the other hand, I had 
just had my ego killed. And so with all of that compassion I had for Vi, I still could root for Jinx. She needs to go forward. She needs to stand in her power. She needs to be great. And watching people we love change and evolve is scary. It can be. But it's scarier doing the evolving part and being told that it needs to stay the same way. And part of it was from guilt on Vi's part, that repetition and replaying of the past and those mistakes. She keeps punishing herself for leaving powder behind and now it's projecting onto Jinx. I believe it's very difficult for Vi to find forgiveness for herself as the older sister that needed to be there to protect the little one. You know, this isn't you. When I left you, you were crying and distraught and you were clumsy and you could barely scale the buildings would be, I'm assuming, Vi's thought process. You were my baby sister in the rain. And in a moment of my own weakness, I could not be strong for the both of us. So let me be strong for the both of us now. Funny cycle of overcompensation continues to find us, doesn't it? Let me love you again, says Vi to Powder. And Jinx says, I've got it covered now. So I'm going to get into my honorable mentions. So I love Mel. She's so sharp and intelligent and she plays with the mind. It's so feminine. It's so beautiful it's so badass it's dope she has a strength that is used in a different arena watching her character's movement everything is so contrived and perhaps it's a bit natural right but her calculation is insane and she clearly has ulterior motives and i want to know all of them her strength and weakness remain in her mind and it shows she's very much like a feline. Plus her character divine is so design. She's divine, right? <laughs> Wait, no, please. Um, but her character design is so beautiful with the gold and the gown and the and then the bits of armor. It I can't express how much my I love it, right? My inner kid. I grew up off of like girly, girly stuff too. So I love like Winx Club and all of that, right? Um, I could only imagine if my little self had a character like Mel. Oh, her walk, her, the way she addresses people, everything, 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 everything. Like I aspire, please. Okay, she has Jace. <laughs> this part kills me though. She has Jace wrapped around her finger. It, it really is killing me. I'm not even going to lie to you. We're going to get it to Jace. I say that with rolled eyes. But she really, she really got Jace just, you know. And he's a pawn too. That's, yo, she can do it all. Okay, speaking of Jace, there's nothing for me to say about Jace that's going to come out nice. Another character I enjoy is Caitlyn. I love the characters with silver spoons in their mouth. And their whole world gets toppled upside down. I love those characters that are developed well, you know, because they still have their own, and especially too when they still allow them to be very intelligent and crafty and 
um, we get to see other parts of them come to the surface, right? Like Caitlyn's ability to care so deeply for Vi. I love that, right? It's not just like the heartless princess. You know, it just, these, uh, the characters are so well fleshed out, like, to the point where even their flaws or even just, you could say the trope, air quote, like, they add a little more flesh to it. They put a bit more meat on its bones. You know, I can respect that. You know, and then plus the chemistry with Vi is that's it's cute. I love it. Um, it's very well done and very natural. And right. You want to bring something into a space and you want to normalize it and, you know, have us rooting on for characters. There you go. You know what I mean? I, I love it. I'm living for it. Let's go. Echo is my nigga, period. OK, I think that's the first time I've ever said this word on this podcast. But yeah, no, there's no other way for me. The exaggerated swagger. It is what it is. It is what it is. There's no other way to describe the exaggerated swagger of a of, of a black teen from the Undercity or a young adult. You know, time has passed. He really did pick up Vander's mission and continue to breathe life into it. And I am so proud of him. And I still get hyped up whenever we see him all grown up. That feeling never goes away. I thought, okay, I watched the show the first time. But the second time when we had the reveal and everything, yo, I still got hyped. Okay, um, Victor is fine. Listen, Victor, he's fine. Fine is fine. Color don't matter. Fine is fine. Um, Victor is no exception. He's so cute and smart and charming and empathetic and lovely. His flaws not knowing what to put that work down, but he has a heart of gold and he deserves a break. He deserves a break. <laughs> Victor deserves a break. <laughs> Suko is perfect. Even when he's doing the evil wicked stuff in the corner i'm like yo bro he's cutting up right now he don't know how to act i love it i love it he said you want a revolution there you go up until you want my daughter then call it off um vander is lovely there's there's no other way to describe vander but lovely and he really meant well and you know it's a it's a classic this is why i love classic tropes they can be done well if you take the time to delve into them. And this is no different. Vander is the old man that's tired. You know, he did his revel. He did his rah rahing. you know, probably did his crime, started a revolution or two, you know, ran a crime syndicate, you know, you know, you know the trope, right? They did their thing in their youth and then they reach a certain age to get old. They're tired. You know what I mean? They just, they're lovely. Vander's lovely. But overall, in terms of all the characters, for once, I was watching a show where none of them pissed me off. Usually there's a handful of characters in a show, series, film that can just grind my gears, but not in Arcane. I understand everyone and where they're coming from and their flaws. Yes, even Jace. This isn't about jace slander that's not what i'm here for but even yes but even jace i understand jace 
everybody wants to be my enemy. That's the Imagine Dragons and JID's verse, like oh, the whole song, the everything put together. It's just impeccable artistry. And they have a great way of transporting the listener. I love some atmospheric music and Imagine Dragons have an incredible way of adapting to a story to get the job done. But that song, that phrase, follows us around as we take in the show. If everyone is your enemy, then you too, by default, are also the villain in someone's narrative. And isn't that perfect in Arcane? No matter how dressed up the wealthiest class deems itself to the slums of the Undercity, they're all against each other. It's the reason why the Undercity could never revolt fully. It's the flaw of nearly every revolution, including the successful ones. Spare the sympathy. Everybody wants to be my enemy. Everyone is out to get you all the time. Everyone is coming for something you got. Whether you're high up in status and you're the biggest concern is, you know, screwing with the other guy and making deals under the table, the same deals that affects the lowest parts of the society. Meanwhile, in those parts of the society, the greatest concern is still survival, but in but in another way, right? In this dirtier, grimier, oh, they're both dirty and grimy, really. Like, you know, it's just, you know, one of them is closer to the sun and the other one is at least you know they in the streets about it and they face to face and they reel about it there's no um there's not an obscuring it's not overt it's covert so that's the other way i think it encapsulates the world building of the show quite nicely loneliness is a byproduct of a gifted mind says the outcasted man to a young victor arcane is a show about outcasts for the ones that weren't enough in one way or another. Strong enough, proud enough, angry enough, destructive enough. You get the gist. It's incredible. And if you made it to this point and you still haven't seen the show, please take the time to do so. You won't regret it. It's really well done, really well crafted, well made. It's been fun, but most importantly, It's been real. Take care of your soul, spirit, being essence. Much love.